Welcome to Study Buddy, meditation philosophy for the heart of your practice. This is a live online discussion of ancient yogic texts amongst meditation practitioners in the Shambhavananda yoga tradition. My name is Acharya Satyam, I'm the resident teacher at Konalani Yoga Ashram in Hawaii, and I welcome you with love and respect. Thank you all so much for making this like a New Year's special kind of feeling. Um, I'm really excited about this sutra because it is all about giving. Okay, the Sanskrit word for giving is dana, and it is the focal point of this whole sutra. Um, and what we see in the sutra is that giving is really an act of growing um, when you sort of have that internal awareness. And so I hope for my exploration of the sutra. Uh, so many facets of your uh, practice can sort of be elevated by by this slight shift, you know, in our normal understanding of this word, give, to give, to, to donate. Um, and so we'll come back to that in just a moment, but first let's get centered in our body and our breath with a little bit of movement with a baya. So let's begin by... Softening the gaze. You're welcome to close the eyes or gaze downward. And then notice how that softness allows you to take a focal point inside, maybe at the heart or the navel. And from this new vantage point, begin observing your natural effortless breath flow. And from this space of observation, we'll do some very, very gentle movement explorations. And to do these exercises, I want you to pretend that you are an inflatable raft. You're like a perfect Nanda Devi shaped inflatable raft or Nataraj shaped inflatable raft or whatever, whoever you are, you're a perfect inflatable version of yourself. And now imagine there's just a tiny little hole on the left side and your left side is just gently and evenly deflating and feel that gentleness as you sink over to that side and it gets a little smaller, you're a magical raft. And so now it's repaired and slowly, really slowly allow that same side to start to inflate. Let it happen evenly, but of course you know how to do that because you're a raft. And feel this sense of spaciousness slowly emanating through that whole left side. And when you get to center, pause and notice any sensations through the left side of your being. And then we'll do that same thing on the other side. So little tiny, you can't even see it whole. You couldn't even find it if you tried, but the air starts to seep out and you melt over to that side so evenly. There shouldn't be any stress or strain. Keep breathing. Though you might want to just exhale because it makes it feel like deflating. 
And then again, you're magical. So allow that side to start to evenly fill and expand. Feel the support that the right side of the body can now provide you as it expands and fills evenly from the foot, knee, hip, side body, shoulder, until you're at that balance point that Babaji talked about so often in our intensive. Pause for a moment at center. And same exercise going forward. So little tiny microscopic hole that's allowing you to deflate forward. And it's so even. Make sure there's no strain at the back of the neck or the low back as you do this. It should feel even everywhere in the body. It might be very tiny movements. That's okay. And then allow your magical perfect self to start to fill and expand from the front. When you make it back to center again, pause and Notice how effortless your seat can be. Allow that same quality of ever so gentle lift and expansion to buoy you from the inside. And see if you can soften the shoulders and let the breath continue to softly expand and release. And from this perfect point of balance, we'll begin our practice. You can be a human again. You don't have to be a raft anymore. All right, let's do a little Sanskrit pronunciation. This one's pretty, pretty straightforward. Dhanamatma gyanam. Dhanamatma gyanam. Try it on your own. Dhanamatma Dhyanam. The yogi's only purpose for remaining in their body is to impart their knowledge to others. So this sutra has a huge scope. Um, I think it can be unraveled in many directions, and it should be. And hopefully, you will do some unraveling on your own as we work together, but also in your practice. Let's look at the three words that make up this sutra, just to show you sort of the many directions it could go. So dana is this word I was talking about in the beginning. Dana. Dana. Yeah, there, there's a long A. Thank you. Dana. Dana. Uh, so Dana, um, to give, and in this sutra, it was translated to impart the knowledge, right, to others, or to donate. It's also translated by Jayadeva Singh in that way. And then Atma Gyanam. Atma. Atma. I, I, I really love, yeah, thank you. Atma the short A's, the long A's. Okay, Atma is, you know, the word for the self that we see in the sutras occasionally. Um, and then Gyanam uh, is the word for knowledge, so knowledge of the self. 
So really the sutra is three words, you know, giving knowledge of the self. Um, and then through Shea Miraja's commentary, you know, from the original like uh, 10th century, 11th century kind of commentary, um, we get that little bit more expanded vocabulary of the yogi's only purpose for remaining in their body is to impart their knowledge to others. But as we see when we start reading the sutra, um, right away, the focal point of it is on uh, this word dana. Um, and right here, right away, this is the very first paragraph in Lakshman Jew's translation. He says, during the remainder of their life, their reason for living, the yogi, is giving their real knowledge of God consciousness to others. This is the meaning of this sutra. And we go right in into the sutra um, to talking about this word dana and to trying to understand what it means to give. Um, but I did want to take a moment before we dive into that to, to note that the normal, like everyday horizontal approach to giving um, or the idea of giving would sort of lead us astray in this sutra. Because how do you give knowledge of the self? You know, would you talk about your practice and tell people about how to meditate and hand out texts on it? Eh, not necessarily, as we maybe all felt in some way this holiday season, we probably all talked to our loved ones somehow about our practice. And then later we're like, hmm. <laughs> Did that go exactly as I thought? Uh, it just happens naturally, you know? But we also saw in Shiva Sutra 3.26 that the sutras were telling us before, they were saying, oh, don't get too sucked in uh, to what others think or, or trying to change others or to help them, it says, with boons, because that can actually lead us off, off center really quickly. So I don't know if you all remember this sutra, um, due to the impressions the yogi has of what others think of them or expect from them and of their wanting to help others to satisfy them with boons, gifts, uh, the yogi may lose their temper and become careless and uneven-minded, blocking their flow of God consciousness. So if we get too horizontal with our approach to giving, it tends to lead us off center. Um, and that happens to the best of us, you know? Um, and then there's this other part where the sutra is saying we're supposed to be giving this knowledge of the self, but then in previous sutras, uh, we were taught, and I thought that was a very powerful teaching, that the real path, the real path to one's enlightenment, the real path to the self, uh, can only be walked by you, you know, can only be felt by you, um, as the sutras put it. Um, and just so we can have a reader for today, uh, you want to call on someone? Jatila, I was going to call on Jatila. That's great. So don't read it till Jatila reads it. Actually, this state of the Shaivite yogi is the real state of Shiva. This state is not revealed to others. It is revealed only to the revealers, Netra Tantra.
so this uh thanks Shatila. so this was a pretty powerful statement that really stuck with me and maybe it stuck with you saying that you can't really give someone the experience of the self only they can walk it only you only i can do the work as babaji puts it and actually have the experience no matter how well it's described never replicates having the direct experience so we have to ask ourselves you know what is this sutra describing what is this sutra telling us about because just at a glance it's sort of easy to misinterpret it you know the purpose of a yogi's life is to give knowledge of the self to others well don't don't give it too willy-nilly and don't think that you can actually give the experience so we have to ask ourselves you know as yogis you know what how does a yogi give consciously? What is that? What is the sutra about to teach us? So that is where we dive in to the, the first sort of block of text that is going to start telling us about this fascinating principle of, of giving as an internal act, an internal experience. Uh, that the actual concept of giving has less to do with what we're giving and, and everything to do with the internal process that's occurring while we're giving, and that that actually becomes the defining feature of it. So let's read a little bit and then reflect. All right, Pujari, you were tapped for this big one. Whatever this yogi who has become one with God consciousness experiences, which means whatever they see in their own self, that is dana for them. The word dana can also mean that which gives the yogi fullness of consciousness, that which destroys the differentiated perception of the universe, that which remains when illusion ends. Thanks, Pujari. Take a moment to read through that on your own. So we've got a very big shift and for me when I was reading, maybe, maybe this is something you've always understood uh, in this concept of giving where the emphasis is actually placed on first experiencing something inside yourself. That the actual word for giving in the yogic tradition in the Sanskrit language means that, as it says here, the, that which helps you see your own self that which gives you fullness of consciousness giving is that which destroys differentiated perception giving is that which remains when you let go of illusions though that's what giving is so for example when you get present when you when you just take that steady breath and you feel the surroundings around you and you feel the body and you feel the room that you're in and you let go of the past and the future 
in what's outside the door per se. That's the fullness of consciousness. And that becomes something from which you give in that moment. When you destroy differentiation, as Rudy put it in that satsang, um, when you sort of break down the walls between you and someone else, when you stop seeing the differences and start seeing, as Faith was telling us at the intensive, start seeing what you've got in common. When you break down difference, that's the beginning of giving. That's the root of giving. Or, for example, let's say you're stuck in an illusion. You know, maybe it's like this thing that you really want to get that's going to make you happy when you get it. And we've all been down that road so many times, but you take a breath and you try to feel a little gratitude in that moment and you let go of that illusion just for a moment. That is a charitable act. And so this is the heart of giving, is having this inner experience of doing our practice and then sort of letting it go from there. And so one of the ways that I feel like I interact with this every day is is in seva, because seva gives you this experience. And seva is any task you're applying yourself to. It's literally any task in the, in the physical world that you're applying yourself to. And it gives you a, a chance to give, but to also simultaneously to, to be as present as you can. And you know, we all know how much better our work goes and how much better we're able to give. Like for example, in writing this presentation, I felt myself really, you know, getting a little vata or getting a little pulled off center, getting a little urgent about what, you know, breaking it down in the slides and all that. And I was like, this isn't what I want to give my sangha, you know? So I just stepped away and I just sat and I'm not going to act like, oh, and then I, you know, found my center and I wrote from there for the rest of the time, but I tried and, and, you know, just like pulling weeds, it's like, nobody really cares how fast you're pulling. But if you're pulling them and you're feeling it and you're present, you're going to work at a great rate and you're going to be really helpful. And so we've all interacted with this. We're yogis, we're practitioners, we've done seva, we meditate, we know this sort of inside and out. But the sutra just serves to remind us of this work and helps to expand our understanding of it. So that giving is no longer just defined by maybe just the donation, which we should continue to do, or just the helping hand, but your actual state of being can become something you're giving in this charitable way all day. And you don't even know when you're giving it to the person who needs it, right? So it expands our definition of giving and it, and it really ties it into our practice. As Jai Davis Singh said in his exposition to the sutra, it takes it from uh, a ritual where we just go, you know, make a donation and then we forget about it. He says it takes it from the state of ritual to the state of a mystic process where it actually becomes your practice. And that leads us to the final quote of the sutra before we do some 
writing and discussing. We'll have one more read. Thanks. So Nataraj. Um, so the sutra does say, though, eventually a realized practitioner does uh, is able to give uh, an experience of the self to another. And we know this in our lineage, but as we know, it also takes work on the student's behalf to keep it going. So here you go, Nataraj. Those yogic heroes who are established in the Kula system reveal the reality of God consciousness to others by merely looking darshana or touching. By this revelation, all of their disciples cross over to the other side of the bondage, samsara, of repeated births and deaths and are liberated. Thank you so much. So this might be the initial interpretation, you know, that when you read the sutra at first, you're like, oh, that, you know, and the lineage teachers, and they can do that. Um, but we, we can do this too. And it just takes a little more unpacking to see those layers um, that are a part of our daily practice. So I wanted to transition into a little free write, and then we'll move right into discussion. Um, but first, we'll just do a one-minute um, centering practice on this topic, and then we'll all just dive right into the writing portion. If you don't have anything nearby to write with, you're welcome to go grab grab something. You're also welcome to sort of move in your seat a little to get that center. As we all know from the bodhicitta practice, the first moment of bodhicitta is cultivating this love inside one's heart. And your act of doing that is really the heart of the sutra, is the heart of, of giving, finding that love inside one's heart first. And sometimes it takes excavating and that's what makes it valuable. So can you find that little bit of love in your heart and get the mechanism moving gently, breathing naturally, no need for doership, right? As we know, it's a part of our true nature. And so when you feel just that little stirring, a little stirring, keep your focus on that feeling. If we lose that connection, then we get drawn into just the ritual of giving, which is valuable, but not as valuable as it could be. So keep your attention on that little stirring in the heart. And now encounter the next principle of compassion. And this is where that love in the heart is allowed to overflow and express itself in an action or a thought or a gesture or a smile.
And you can allow yourself to encounter a slight smile in this moment, just for you, of course. And just really be a part of this moment, this exploration of the yogic act of giving. Feeling the heart still, and allowing it to overflow to that slight smile or that lightness of being. And from this space, allow yourself to write, to write about this interaction that you're experiencing now. And to stay connected to your heart as you write, to let the writing be joyful, to let this expression be joyful. Just a little less than a minute left. It's okay if you ever stop writing, reconnect with the experience in the heart. But it's also fun to nudge yourself towards writing.
And then perhaps finishing the sentence that you're on. And then as always, give yourself uh, at least one uh, simple natural breath. You close the eyes and you let go of what you're writing. And then you just read what you wrote as if it was a friend's writing that they just sent you that they're excited about. And underline something that stands out to you, maybe a key word, a phrase, or both. When that key word shows itself, um, type it in the chat box and it'll start our discussion. Just testing this mic, thumbs up, thumbs sideways. Okay. Right. Innate wisdom. All anyone truly wants is the gift of the self. Open to possibility. Connecting. Relax more and more and submerge deeper. Love. Burn out. Pure existence. Like learning to sing. Relax into being through the doorway in the heart. A practice that is alive. Openness. Resonance. Bring the best aspect of me to the relationship. Sharing time and love. Vibrating, resounding, raising. All right. Those are, that was one of the more, I feel like, powerful and articulate sort of write ins we've had. So, can I get a volunteer to um, elaborate on their keyword or to simply ask a question or a comment um, on the text? Sure, Bob, go for it. I uh, have experience um, with you folks um, playing music and I, I've watched your faces. <laughs> I will play something or I will 
maybe explain something and suddenly uh, it's not so much maybe the explanation, but you're trying the thing. You're hearing me do something and then suddenly a light bulb goes off and I see a big smile. And um, I feel like uh, it, that kind of thing comes through me just because I have experience with music. But mm. the same thing happens with spirit, where if you're talking to someone and you're in tune and you're in harmony, at some point, someone in the room may resonate and you'll see a smile. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. And if you aren't already, I recommend being in gallery mode right now so you can see all the amazing, oh, yeah. all the, the Sangha together, it's so cool. And so that's a really great example um, as it sort of shows, you, you literally can see something uh, that you're giving land sort of in their heart and and then rise up out of them it's like and you're feeling it in your heart and watching it happen from their heart it's almost like a heart to heart kind of experience and it doesn't necessarily pass through the mind or the external almost like satsang you know like heart to heart that we're taught you know a way of relating to our teacher thanks that's a really helpful for me image of understanding this sutra Anyone else want to elaborate on their keyword or comment or question? Sure, Prabhati, welcome. Go for it. She's like, I was just reaching up to. <laughs> I was talking to my son, but I'm happy to elaborate. Okay. Um, I thought it might. <laughs> he was getting, I thought he was getting the vacuum cleaner and um, I thought there was a big mess that he was cleaning up. Yep, everything's great. Um, so my, um, I think about giving a lot because I, I always want to know, I want to understand, like I give gifts a lot. I'm a very, I like to give gifts and I want to serve people, just my friends and my family. And so this is really a very special sutra that I walked in on. I'm very glad I came to class. Um, and I, one of the reasons why I, I feel like I resonate with it is because I feel like I meditate so that I can give more effectively. And when I wrote, all really anyone truly wants is the gift of the self. I really, that has been my reflection over the past years that I've been reflecting on it, like really, truly, if you can give them that, I mean, you know, you give them the gift and then if you give it from that place, it will have more of what you want is them to be happy or you're actually giving yourself, mm -hmm. be self. So I, I'm loving this, this sutra and this class, thank you. Well, thank you for that contribution. Um, there's a bit of an echo, or is it canceling out now? That's good. Okay. Um, that really, what really helped me there was how 
it, the sutra, it can be read very literally. And I really appreciate the reading that you gave to it in the sense that we're giving the self, like, but to, how do you give the self unless you experience it? And so that's really helpful. Uh, I mean, it could be very, a very simple, very clear reading of the sutra. Uh, the yogi, the gift that the yogi gives is the self. Okay, well, that's great. So, well, you got to have it first to give it. So that's super helpful for me. So what I'm, and I'm wondering from other people, how, how, I mean, I feel like it's a spectrum of giving, right? But it all stems from the self. What other ways have you all thought about this? I know that Bob had his giving example and um, which was wonderful, obviously, but I want to hear more. That's all. Yeah, that's, that's what this is time's all about that's perfect it's a great prompt anyone can take her up on that sorry I, i'm new so i didn't know I, that I no, you're right you're doing great thank you so much um yeah for me and in sitting with this and hearing you guys talk and stuff too it, it's interesting because you know we're not necessarily all you know at the goal yet we're all working towards it um, but I think it's that awareness of giving where you are. And so finding that sort of like truth, like Faith was talking about of giving from the place that you are knowing that that's going to change 10 minutes from now, an hour from now, a week from now, as you continue to grow and being okay with that, you know, like what the self is to you now is enough. And it will keep evolving and growing and you keep getting from that place. And then it's not really you giving, it's it's happening through you instead of by you. And I think for me anyway, that's what's really sort of hitting is that it's, it's not so much about what I'm doing, it's about being okay with where I am and letting that work happen through me instead of willing, willfully trying to make it happen. Thanks, Anju. I'm just soaking that up. Yeah, and what, what's so beautiful about the way you're interpreting it and helpful is that it really puts it into our our lap as like this is a this is a practice. It's not perfect. It's a it's it's all about, like you said, where you're at. If you're not giving from where you're at, you're not really giving, you know, you're sort of holding on to something or, you know, but if you're really giving from where you're at, I mean, that's a beautiful place to be. And that is very inspiring for others. I remember uh, when I was younger and I was skateboarding with my older brother who was like semi-pro and he was with his friends that were like really good and I was not so good. And, um, and I remember thinking I was the worst one in the group and feeling very self-conscious about it. And he was like, him and his friends were like, we love watching you skate. And I was like, me? And he was like, yeah, because you're like growing, you're like learning things and you're, you're like in it and you're not perfect and you're not showing off. And I was like, wow, I really had something to give you know, and so we might not be enlightened practitioners, but like when you really are in it and you're giving from the place right where you're at, it's really powerful. Um, 
and maybe we've all had experiences where that is is clear to us or has become clear uma hi um i'm thinking about it like like as being like a good friend and like listening with like to somebody with like an open heart and like not judging and like kind of giving like space and um so like kind of like cultivating bodhicitta like in relationships and just like giving somebody yeah like space to just express themselves and kind of like what we're doing tonight <laughs> so true you're always very concise I, you're always very concise and clear with with your contributions that was a good one when i want to give someone space you know and you we can all feel this you know like where do you go to give them space you know like it's almost like the space i give you know is like in the heart it feels like that's how i give space in a in in a room like when like if you're with a a student like in the yoga training and they're struggling it's like you know give space from the heart you know Good question, Yogita. And I, I didn't get to read your comment earlier, loving the unlovable. And then Yogita has a question. What if the person you're trying to give to doesn't accept it? It's a great question. You have an answer. Tejavan, yeah, Tejavan wants to chime in. It's great. All right, go for it, Tejavan. Hold on, hold on. We're in the same room, so we have to do tech stuff to make it work. Uh, uh, what I'm thinking, can you hear me? I'm, when I, the way I'm, the way I, the things that came up in my mind, um, I'm really excited about, and they're also very kind of like theory y. Um, so, you know, very different from Bob's and uh, skateboarding examples, but maybe it'll be helpful to people, or maybe it's just me being full of my ego. Um, I kind of, so like when in a lot of the texts, like they describe the inner self in so many different ways. And one of the ways is how they say it's the self that's in everyone. And so, and I was trying to think about how, um, the other sutra where it says, you know, only the revealer gets it revealed to them. So how is this possible? You know, I'm an engineering physics person, mechanics, how is this possible? Um, um, so, but I thought about it and I was like, wow, well, you know, if my inner self is revealing itself to me, that means it's the same inner self in everyone else. And if it's the same inner self, that that means it's revealing itself as well, right? If it's all the same inner self and the one in me is revealing itself, then the one in everyone else is revealing itself too. And I guess somehow certain connections like a gaze or a touch or the interaction of some giving um, is kind of like two bodies with gravity being closer to each other 
in space-time in them. And it has this resonance effect where the, the inner self revealing it in someone else gets maybe a little bit stronger if they're willing to be open to it. Thanks, Tejvan. He's been coming to classes for a while. That was, I think, your first like chime in. So thank you. That was a really big deal. Yeah. And I didn't forget about your question, Yogita. Okay, I'd like to oh. talk to Yogita. Oh, sure, sure. And then um, we'll probably transition from there into meditation. Go for it, Nehemiah. Oh, okay. Just a quick little thing. Yeah, Often we don't know whether the other person accepts it or not. And also, it doesn't really matter because when you give love, it gets on a different level. And the horizontal aspect is waiting for an acknowledgement. But if you just give the love and, and try to support somebody, and not expect them to want anything from you or even acknowledge it. You're, you're enlightening yourself and that's what we're all trying to do. And also a lot of people don't let you know, but they do privately <laughs> accept it. Wow, that was so good, Nehemiah, thank you. That's so true. I, you know, I sometimes wish this class was a half hour longer. Um, but as I've said many times, we do have the Marco Polo video chat for afterwards. I would absolutely love to hear how this sutra um, unfolds in your life. Um, it really is a, an avenue for exchange that we could dive into really deeply. So I'd love to hear about it. But I also want to take the last 10 minutes of class to sit together and to sort of put this sutra into, into practice just right away. Great, Prabhupada, yeah. And I'd love to see you on Marco Polo. And if you have any questions about that, stay after class and I'll tell you more. All right, so we'll... As Babaji's been saying, you have to find that seat, a little rocking forward and back until you find that point of balance in between. Hopefully it's a weightless point that you can keep coming back to. And start to just make the breath a little bit slower than normal, nothing dramatic, but just a little bit slower so that you can actually feel it moving through the nose, you can swallow. This is our so this is our gift shop right here. This is this is our 
cauldron. This is our space that we prepare, that we cultivate. This space is really important. Our ability to pull our awareness within is a very powerful act that is very valuable. It's very, it's worth a lot to ourselves and to the world as the sutra indicates. Our work is to surrender the thoughts that will consume our energy and to allow that energy in the heart to begin to accumulate, to well up, to grow, to fill this reservoir, not with doership, but to simply allow it to fill with each breath. If you can make a connection here, a real connection from where you're at, doesn't matter if your gift is accepted because you'll feel something very real occurring in this moment. In the Ramayana, when Ram meditates, trying to ask the ocean to let them cross to free Sita trapped on the island of Lanka, they say he meditates with such one-pointedness that a rishi, after meditating for a hundred years, might have one single moment like that one-pointedness of Ram's focus. There is so much more depth we can bring to our practice. There is so much more we can give. And it starts by unlocking your inner work, your inner capacity. So explore that within your practice.
feel in each breath your path. The inhale draws you towards the heart easily. And then the exhale allows you to remain there. Feel the yearning to help, to give. And focus that on your actual breath and your heart. Allow yourself to experience that slight smile, a smile you might give to someone today or tomorrow. But feel where it's coming from. And bring 95% of your awareness to that space inside. And let the 5% the offering itself. And feel how replenishing, how sustainable this is. This is a smile you could give many times without being depleted. And it's a practice that actually elevates you at the same time. of you for making this such a special class thanks again for being here happy new year
Jai Jai Han. 